Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yannion. Today is lesson number one of two lessons on so great a salvation. I'm going to teach you about the power that God has given us over sin so you can live a righteous life. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome again to Student of the Word. We're going today to the book of Hebrews. And so while you're finding that, the book that I'm offering today is my book on Theology Simplified. This has a lot to do with theology. We're talking about the fact that we have been set free from sin and we have such so great salvation. And in this salvation that we have, we have literally been set free from the power of sin in salvation and the power of sin in our daily life after that. So this is why the book of Hebrews really is an amplification of the new covenant over the old covenant. And that is a fact we have so great salvation. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, while you're finding that, again, let me just comment to those who support the broadcast, to those who watch, welcome. To those that are new today, thank you for joining us. We have been going on a number of new stations. Thank you for watching. We're glad that you're here with us representing the Lord Jesus Christ in different parts of this country. And so again, thank you so much. If you're ever looking for archives, we have them on YouTube and all our archives are on there. So you'll ever go back and watch these. And one thing, I recommend highly to you is listen to them in the car because if you go to YouTube, you know, you can run them through your uh, radio. You can run them through the system of your car and just listen to them. It beats country music and it sure beats up, you know, classic rock or whatever you might listen to. And especially the news broadcast you hear over and over and over again. And oftentimes we teach, we treat that time of just driving the car like just dead time. I just want to just, just get there to work and get back home. Why not make it a time to hear the word of God? Because usually by the time you get to work and get back home, you can listen to an entire broadcast. And so again, this is what I recommend. And so just you might try that. So if you'd like to become a partner with me, go to my website, bobbyandian.com, and you'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me in this ministry. Turn to Hebrews chapter two. We're gonna take a look at verses one through three. The theme of Hebrews is greater. And the things about the book of Hebrews is we have a greater covenant. We have greater promises. We have greater protection. Uh, we have greater things than the Old Testament did. And that's the theme of the book of Hebrews is greater things. It's brought out in this passage of scripture that even our salvation is better than the Old Testament. Not the way we get saved, that's exactly the same. I've put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, but the results of our salvation are far greater and that's why we live in the new covenant, the dispensation of grace. And again, as the book of Hebrews calls it in verse three, so great salvation. Let's take a look at verse one. Therefore, we ought to give the most earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, this is in the Old Testament, and every transgression, every violation, disobedience received a just recompense and reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great salvation, the word here for neglect means to ignore. If we ignore so great salvation, which is the first begun to be spoken by the Lord, that's Jesus, and then was confirmed to us by those, that is the disciples who heard him. And so whoever wrote this book, and again, I believe it's Paul, was about you know a generation away from the Lord himself. There was the Lord, there was his 12 apostles, and then there was those who heard from the 12 apostles. And Paul said here in this verse of scripture, I am one of them that heard this. 
So again, in Hebrews chapter two, he brings out the fact that our salvation is greater. Why? Well, first of all, our salvation brings us the new birth. The new birth was not available in the Old Testament. What I mean by that is actually being birthed into the family of God, becoming a child of God, becoming a son and daughter of God. So this is what God told us we have in the New Testament. So great salvation. Also, we become part of the church. We're part of the body of Christ. These things never existed in the Old Testament, but they do today. The fact that you can become a part of the body of Christ. The Bible compares this in 1 Corinthians 12 to ears and eyes and and hands and feet and different body parts is saying that we literally together with all the members of the body of Christ make the body work. And the headquarters again is the head, which brings to us the information we need, but we carry it out. And all of us working together, that's why unity in the body of Christ is such a major theme of the New Testament. But he brings out here that if in the Old Testament, When they committed a sin, that their transgressions and disobedience received a just recompense and reward, how shall we escape? The New Testament is not given to us so we can sin all we want to, just ignore the things of God's word and just live like the world. That's not what what this is saying. What it says is if they in the Old Testament received a just recompense and reward, how shall we escape if we neglect or ignore so great salvation? Our salvation is greater and the responsibility is greater. Even though we live under the dispensation of grace, it doesn't mean that God hasn't brought to our attention the fact that he not only wants to save us from sin, he wants to save us from sinning. And that means that after we're saved, we walk with God and we literally come to a place where we in our Christian life are walking in sanctification. I am sanctified when I get born again, but there's a walk of sanctification before the world where I begin to walk and talk like Jesus Christ. That means to do that, I must have the mind of Christ first so that I can walk like him and talk like him and act like him and the mind of Christ is the word of God. When I become filled with the word of God, dedicate myself after salvation to becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and continuing in his word, his word in me changes the mind of Bob to the mind of Christ, to where I begin to walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, less like Bob every single day. So what is the progress of the plan of salvation? The plan of salvation is progressive in our life, and it starts with the new birth. Romans chapter 10 and verse 10 says this, with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Salvation for us, as far as our spirit man on the inside, was accomplished when we believed in Jesus Christ, accepted him as our savior, but also accepted him as our Lord. And we basically got off the throne of our life and allowed Jesus to sit on that throne, understanding this, that up until now, me running my own life has not worked. And on top of that, I mean, it's every day just gets worse. And every time I make a decision, I find out I'm not capable of making a decision. Life is bigger than I am. But here's the good news. Life is not bigger than God. And allowing Jesus Christ to come into my life and sit on the throne of my life, plans begin to change. My life begins to change. All of a sudden, joy comes to me because God doesn't want to sit on my life so he can control me as a master does a servant or a slave. No, God wants me as a child of God to understand his plan for my life, to walk in righteousness each and every day, to gain that righteousness and walk in even more righteousness before the world literally becomes where I no longer just have 
salvation in me, it's seen to the world outside around me. Salvation for us began and was totally accomplished inside of us when we believed. So there's no more righteousness we can have inside of us. The righteousness that God wants now is from the inside to come to the outside. And that's where it talks about in Philippians, working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The word working out, kat ergodzomai, simply means in the Greek, it means what's on the inside becomes manifested on the outside. We take what's in here and bring it out where the world can see it. God looks on the heart, but man looks on the outward appearance. So Romans chapter 10 and verse 10 says, with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. No, it, notice it doesn't say for with the heart man believes unto a progressive righteousness inside of us. No, this is telling us we have perfect righteousness, 100%. I can never become more righteous in my spirit than I am the moment I get born again. And I am no more saved 10 years after I am saved than I was the moment I was saved. I'm no more, more saved now than I was back then. I have the same salvation and the same righteousness that Jesus Christ gave to me when I became born again. The object of the Christian life is to take that which is on the inside of me, which is perfect, and bring it to the outside with fear and trembling. Meaning what? It's perfect on the inside. By the time it gets to the outside, I may have some tweaking, adjusting to do every single day, but what's perfect in me needs to come out for the world to see. Because with Jesus Christ on the inside of me, the world can't see that. The world does need to see it. And that's where I begin to do good works in front of them. I wasn't saved by good works, but you know what Ephesians uh, chapter two tells us? In verse 10, we have been saved unto good works. The purpose of salvation and leaving me here on this earth is to take what I have on the inside, present it to the outside to where people can see it. Not only is salvation accomplished on the inside of me and perfect on the inside of me, salvation is also progressive daily. This is called the process of sanctification. I am sanctified when I became born again, but now sanctification comes to the outside of me and people can see it. This is the walk of Jesus Christ in front of the world. This is found in Philippians chapter two and verse 12. Here it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. This is the verse I've been talking to you about. And Paul said, when I was there, I taught you and you were in my presence. But now that I've gone away, you need to take what I have taught you and the word that you know and begin to work that to the outside where people can see you as Jesus Christ. This is what the word Christian means. The word Christian means a little Christ to where we become little Jesuses walking around. And when people see us, they see Jesus Christ. It's really, uh, when we talk about that, that Jesus Christ in us coming to the outside really labels us as Christians before the world. The word Christian, meaning little Christ, was not a reference to those that were just born again. It was a reference to disciples. In fact, it says in chapter 11 of the book of Acts that the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. It was a title for those living for the Lord, not those just born again. We use it today, are you a Christian? Yes, because why? Well, I accepted Jesus as my savior. The real biblical definition of it is it's your living Christ in front of the world, and this is what God's desire is. This is why he left us here. Did you know your walk before the world is really part of your witness? Because the Bible says we witness in word and we witness in deed. So the words that I present and I talk to people about 
about Jesus. That's very important. But you know what? Also, it's important that my lifestyle match up to the words coming out of my mouth because the world has often said it. I would rather see a testimony than hear one. We often talk about Jesus, but we don't live for him in front of the world. And that's what the world notices. Don't think that because you talk about Jesus that the world doesn't ignores you after that until you talk about him again. Once you talk about Jesus, they begin to watch you. When I had a job one time and lost my temper, I had been there for a, for a matter of months and I lost my temper one day. And one of the ladies that was working there said, I've never seen you lose your temper. You always just seem to be so even keel. And what, what got me was, and it struck me was, I had literally up until now not even realized that I had been portraying Jesus Christ in front of them. They had noticed my lifestyle was different. And on the day I lost my temper, that did not match up with who they thought I was. So it really caused me to go back and repent. They knew I was a Christian. I had talked about Jesus. They had seen it in my life. And one day they saw that. Well, they had to understand I'm still human, still have a long way to go. And I still have a long way to go with this particular lesson. So we'll come back right after the break and finish this part of the lesson on free from sin. Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and it's my favorite class. I think the students' favorite class is there. And I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. When I used to pastor at the church, I would even tell, I'd say, housewives, you that are listening out there today in the congregation, this is designed for you too. The Word of God is not difficult. Go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, Visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Pastors, ministers, I know many of you would like to have some evening classes. Maybe you don't have enough in the congregation to really have fellowships, home groups, things like that. But this is the most important. This is supplemental the Word of God. I have a curriculum series, 10 30-minute uh, lessons on video, as well as my book on end times that goes along with it, a teaching on the subject of probably one that pastors fear the most is end times. Don't understand it. With all the different viewpoints today, I come back to the basic of what the Word of God says. There is a rapture of the church coming, and seven years later after that, Jesus is coming back to establish his millennial kingdom on this earth. And so much is taught in the Word of God about the simplicity of what God is saying. Once you understand it, then it seems like confusion is gone. If you'd like to do this, you might have a time where you do it over a two-week period, five nights a week, or spread it out into 10 weeks, whatever you would like to do. I know it'll be a great blessing to you. And on top of that, your congregation will come out smarter on the other end, and you'll look good because you brought it into the church. See about having this series just for yourself. 
We have been looking into the fact that we have so great a salvation, and we're also looking to the fact that we are free from sin. And the first couple of points I brought out is under the progression of salvation. We start out saved, then we actually increase from there with our outward life to match up with our inward life. Salvation was accomplished for us when we believe. That was Romans 10 verses 9 and 10. With the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I think of the Philippian jailer when Paul and Silas were in prison, who ran into the place because an earthquake had shaken the the, uh, jail, and the doors had just swung wide open, but everybody stayed in their cell. And this man came in, the, the Philippian jailer, that worked literally for the Roman government, came running in and fell down on his knees in front of them and said, what must I do to be saved? Well, he wasn't referring to salvation before God. He was referring to how can I spare my life? Because with what's going on here, they can kill me for this. And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Notice this, believe on Jesus Christ as your Lord. Trust him and allow him to take over your life and you will be saved. This is the simplicity of salvation. It's not by works, joining a certain religion, joining a certain church, being water baptized. All these things are important after salvation, but for salvation itself, it is no different than the thief that hung on the cross and said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. The act of faith in Jesus Christ is so simple, the Bible says a fool couldn't err in it. But simply just it's the taking of your life and surrendering it to Jesus say, here, you sit on the throne of my life. Then we pointed out before the break in Philippians chapter two and verse 12, that salvation is also progressive in our outward life. Inside of us, I can't get any more righteous. Inside of me, I can't get more saved. I am as saved and righteous inside of me as I will ever be. God gave me 100% pure salvation, and that's on the inside of me. I'm going to heaven. But what God wants and why he's left us here is so that that salvation on the inside can progress to the outside. And instead of one Jesus walking on the earth, we have millions of Jesus walking on the earth. So salvation is also progressive. Philippians 2.12, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul said, up until now, I have been here to help you work that salvation out. I am gone, but you know enough of God's word to where you can look at it and begin to live by it. It's living by the word of God that people can see out here. Knowing the word of God in me, I see that. But where I take it and bring it to the outside and show the world around me, at the office, at the job, uh, you know, at the ballpark or wherever I might be, or at church, I not only can tell people I am a Christian, they can see it in my daily life. And I think one of the best things that can happen is they see it in your daily life before you tell them you're a Christian. Because by the time you tell them you're a Christian, they say, well, we knew something was different about you. You don't act like the other people around here. You seem to have a peace about you that no one else has here at the office. Number three, salvation for us is also future. It was past tense when we received Jesus as our Savior. It's present tense as we progressively walk in righteousness and we progressively walk in holiness before the world, sanctification. But there's coming a day also one day when our body will be saved and we'll have a resurrection body. And that's found in Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. And knowing the time that now is near time to awake out of sleep, for now is your salvation 
salvation nearer than when we believed. This isn't talking about salvation inside of us because it doesn't get any nearer. It's in us all the time. It's not referring to our outward display of righteousness because we're not getting nearer with that. We're actually showing Jesus Christ better every day, but what's drawing nearer is the time of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ for his church. This is called the rapture. Although the Bible doesn't use the term rapture, it uses the word appearing. And it's, we're told in Timothy that we know that there's going to be an appearing and a kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Two more comings of Jesus Christ. One already occurred when he came to this earth and was born, grew up, went to the cross, died for us, went to the cross, was buried, then uh, and then died and was buried. Then he was quickened, made alive, and then he rose from the dead, walked on the earth for 40 days in a brand new resurrection body, then went into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father. We will have a body just like his one of these days, the same type of body, which will not be this physical body we see right here, but an indestructible body that will last forever and forever. And every day we are one day closer to what the Bible here calls that salvation. That salvation will be the physical resurrection of our body and we will be in the, with heaven, in heaven with God, with Jesus Christ, then come back and rule on this earth for a thousand years in resurrection bodies, which is just the beginning of eternity. And then from then on, we'll be with the Lord forever and forever and forever. So God sees salvation as complete for us and already done. Romans chapter eight, verse 29 and 30 tells us this. In essence, what we're gonna find out is it's so complete, Jesus will never have to come back and die for a sin he forgot about. No, he did everything on the cross and Jesus died for every sin we have ever committed, are committing or will commit except for one. And he left that with us and that's rejection of himself. If you've, if you've got adultery in your past, if you've got fornication in your past, if you've got thievery in your past, if you had prison in your past, you can go down the list of everything possible. He died for all of that. The only one he didn't die for was rejection of himself and he's left that with you. Romans chapter eight, verse 29 and 30 says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate them, he also called, and whom he called them, he also justified, and whom he justified them he also glorified. We've covered these points. We talked about the fact that we were justified, made righteous with God the moment we accepted Jesus as Lord and, Sa and our Lord and Savior. He also called us, but also not only has he called us and justified us, he's also glorified us, and that hasn't happened yet. In every case, each one of these words is past tense. Whom he did predestinate, he called. I had a calling on me and it was actually infused into me when I was formed in my mother's womb. Paul talked about this uh, in the book of Galatians. But then it goes on to say, and when he called me, he also after that justified me. That's when I accepted him as Lord and Savior. And the one that he justified, he goes on to say, he's also glorified. I was justified the moment I got born again. I was called in my mother's womb, knowing that I would accept Jesus one day. My calling came to pass. And then later on, I was justified. And justified means I was saved, redeemed, my sins forgiven. But God also sees me as a past, already done deal, glorified. In other words, before the foundation of the world, God drew this entire plan up. 
God had a calling for me. He called me justified and he also called me glorified. I have fulfilled two of those. And by his plan for my life, I was called in my mother's womb. I was justified when I became born again. My sins were forgiven and God sees me as righteous in his sight. But it also says he glorified me and I haven't been glorified yet, but God sees it as a done deal. Do you understand what I'm saying? Salvation is complete every part of it as far as God is concerned. If God can see me right now in heaven, a million years from now, and as far as God was concerned, he saw that not only today, he saw it before the foundation of the world. He saw Bob in heaven a million years from now around the throne of God in a glorified, resurrected body. If God can see that, why does he tell me now? Why does he tell me now I'm going to be in heaven and he can even see me there so that I will know if that's what God's plan is for me, then apparently I'm going to make it through this financial mess I'm in. Apparently I'm going to make it through this lawsuit. Apparently I'm going to make it through this divorce. Apparently I'm going to make it through this sickness or this disease. Whatever it is that the attacks of life have brought against me, they're not going to cause me to go under. I will not lose my justification. I will not lose my calling and I will not lose a resurrection body as far as God is concerned. It's all a done deal. And if it's a done deal, I'm going to come through this one. And guess what? I'm going to come through the next one. And I'm going to come through the next one. And I'm going to come through the next one until one day I die or else I receive a resurrection body at the rapture of the church. And I go to be with the Lord in heaven and I'll be that way forever and forever and forever. All I'm saying is God has a plan for your life. It all began in your life the moment you accepted Jesus. But as far as God's plan, it was here before the foundation of the world. God always makes a plan before the problems exist. God sees the problems are going to exist, and so he makes an answer for them. It's like prophecy. You can read things in the Bible that have already been taken care of. God prophesied over certain nations that came to pass, but God also has prophecy that's yet to come to pass, and surely as God has fulfilled these prophecies, he's going to fulfill the next prophecies yet to come. Because why? He saw all this before the foundation of the world and God sees the problem and makes an answer already. There's not a problem I can have that I can't walk into knowing the way of escape was there before the problem ever existed. God saw the problem and already made a plan of escape. And I can walk into the problem, begin to look around saying the way of escape is in here somewhere. I know it because God saw this thing coming. It didn't take God by surprise. It didn't take Jesus by surprise. It didn't take the Holy Spirit by surprise. It took Bob by surprise. But the moment I walk into a situation, God doesn't look at Jesus and say, here's one we didn't plan for. You guys got an answer for this one? know if there's a problem I'm facing that there is no answer for, Jesus would have to go back to the cross and die again for that one thing that he forgot about on the cross, but he didn't forget about anything. He sat down at the right hand of the Father and on the cross, he said, it is done. When Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father, the good news is the plan of redemption was complete. It can't be added to, it can't be subtracted from, and every part of it will come to pass for those that accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So in every one of these cases, the moment I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, the moment I begin to walk in life in holiness before the world and the day I have my resurrection body, in all these cases, what God died for was to free me from sin. So I am saved right now in my life from sin. The moment I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, sin had no more control over me. God has control over me. Now that's inside of myself. If I 
in, know on the inside of me that God has control of me on the inside, I can let him have control of me on the outside. I accept him as Lord and Savior, and at the moment he moved into me, death and sin have no more control over me. But now as I start to walk in it, I can also walk free from sin. I've said this before, I'm gonna say it again, is that God not only, not only wants to save us from sin, he wants to save us from sinning. Not only did he save us at the moment we got born again, but also in our daily life, he wants to save me to where I don't act as sin. I don't act in sin. Is that what's on the inside of me, which is God's righteousness, now becomes displayed on the outside where the world can see it. And so literally we have been saved not only from sin, but here's the next thing we're gonna talk about, we'll talk about tomorrow also. We've been saved from the pleasure of sin. There is no more pleasure in sin. Even though the Bible does talk about the pleasure of sin, it says it's only for a season. You see, the world lives in sin. There's pleasure that they gotta keep doing it every single day. But when a believer who loves Jesus Christ is walking with him, gets into sin, there's no pleasure there. There's only conviction. And I'm here to tell you, God wants to set you free even from that, because not only will he forgive you when you get born again, there's daily forgiveness too. This is just good stuff. I'll see you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.